Hi folks, this is Adriana Wallace and you have reached me in the life room. Thank you so much for joining. It's been an incredible uh, first two months of 2016 so far. And there is so much um, that we are uh, alerted to. For me in particular, um, I really am reflecting on where we are in terms of the current races for the nomination for president. I am one of these people that um, really understands media by virtue of having worked in the space for a significant amount of time. And what I understand about media is how it can manipulate and how uh, certain beliefs or values can be perpetuated through media. So I'm very, very careful um, as it relates to the current quest for a candidate on both sides. And at the end of the day, as we look at, um, particularly on the GOP side, we look at what's going on there. I really want to say that I believe in the decency of the American people. I would have left the United States a long, long time ago if I did not believe in the decency of our people. I believe in my family, my friends, my colleagues, the opportunities that are here in America, the creativity, the innovation. I believe in all of that. What I don't do is I don't watch the debates. Some of my friends, families, colleagues, um, they, they do watch them. And I am very connected in, in social media on various platforms. What I, what I do instead is I do my research. I look at those who have a real career in politics. I look at their in-office work and contributions. I look at where their funding comes from. I look at what they've supported, what bills they've supported in their home states and on a federal level. I do the same for those who are just seeking the nomination. And I look at their attributes and contributions in their industry and businesses. And I hear and I get plenty of feedback from my circle and, and outside of my circle, I get a lot of definitive information from simply researching and just listening a bit. I don't ingest poison or let vice penetrate into my life. So I'm not watching some of these debates. I'm not watching any of them, really. What it means for me is that I'm, I'm simply not one to stand in in place at the water cooler. I'm not that person to gossip and I'm not for the sensationalism or the posting of memes on social media as a means of criticizing um, political you know, stances or citing my own political stance. I simply don't do that or citing my own political choices. I often encourage people to not um, ingest the madness because really that's what a lot of this is. I ask them to focus their energy on what they want to grow. But the truth is we live in a YouTube age. We live in a highly, highly overstimulated age. 
that is this age of digital media and it's mobile. We take it with us and we take it into the bathroom as we sit on the toilet. And so people are really, really overstimulated and a bit addicted. And what, what happens with that is you really have to understand that, that when you're dealing in a, in a, in a kind of YouTube reality TV mode, you're not dealing in community. You're, you're, you're not dealing in reality, ironically enough. And so the community, of Americans that we are today are not those Americans that are going out to our libraries and taking in long-form content and long-form long texts. And, and that's a bit of a shame. Uh, decisions are being made on the basis of snack content, and that is a bit of a shame. If you stand in filth long enough, you'll eventually become infected. You keep looking at something and engaging in madness time and time again, and eventually it will get a hold of you. It's going to impact your mind. It'll become an obsession, and we'll lose you to that thing. It becomes hard to get you back. This is a case where so many people, so many people have really lost their minds already as it relates to the presidential nomination and, and the, the, the candidacy of, of who's looking to be nominated on either side. For as mass as we are in our consumption of things, we really don't need we, we, we consume so much that we really don't need. And as grossly overstimulated as we are by popular culture and the false and the negative media and the extremely bad social conditions that already exist, I think there's a common decency that will prevail in spite of all of those things. However, we're a long time away from November. And what is our condition today is the biggest question we need to we need to answer. Where are we right now in this moment? And what is it that we're subscribing to? We're challenged by our own egos. We seem to like to talk and debate rather than take absolute action. And taking absolute action means that, you know, we are doing things that affect the changes that we want to see. I think that no matter what side of the aisle that we sit on politically, no matter what our political choices are, we want our individual beings to contribute well to society. And we want to be able to choose and to reflect a better tomorrow for our children and their children. There are legions of us who expect even a modicum of humility truth and clarity from the, the, the want-to-bes and from the elected politicians who are currently seeking the nomination. These are, these are politicians. And what does that mean? That there are people with many, many agendas. And all of them are not in your best interest. Actually, in many cases, few of them are. So, you know, it's about the collective conscience, what we allow to, to, to manifest. And it's too easy to decide that money allows people a platform to make a joke of our political system. The emergence of reality shows in popular culture has permeated our political culture. It's beyond mudslinging. It's a rating game for the media. It's how they gain the procurement of advertising dollars. What would be interesting to do is the next time you decide to watch one of these debates or watch one of these interviews where someone is not showing decency, when that happens, look at what that advertising is that comes behind it. What is really, really being perpetuated here? So here's where we are. And 
I, I agree. I agree that the system, the media system, the political system, I agree that it all needed fixing before now. But I don't think you remove all four wheels from your vehicle when you're traveling a long way home and you get a singular flat tire. That has you pulling off the road and, and, and saying, I'm not going to continue the road home. I'm going to take all these wheels off. Nobody does that. When you have a singular flat tire that really, really is not allowing the rest of the vehicle to move along, you really get rid of that tire. You may put on a spare very, very temporarily, but it's not what you expect to take you the long way home back and forth on the road of life. And so here's what we have to do. We have to figure out how do we get home? Who do we get home with to the place where decency resides? And as Americans, we all want to feel at home. We all want to feel at home. And we actually want people who come here to feel at home here and to feel welcome here as well. We have a responsibility to project that decency upon the world. What happened to being qualified? I, I, I may want a job as a Fortune 100 CEO, but there are requirements in terms of my professional experience, my levels of education, my history of success in that type of business, and actual accountabilities and, and uh, just a track record that would be required in terms of decency for me to secure such a role. Now, I can get that by virtue of having those credentials met, and I may mess up, but I need to have those prerequisites filled. We don't, we don't, get people who are chiropractors to, to do brain surgery. We, we don't get people who are, who are foot doctors to do heart surgery. And so we really have to understand what part of the body of the American public we're looking to work on and who we need doing that work. Who is really, really not going to be charged by virtue of how they are, who they are, what they do, what they believe in, and what they perpetuate? Who is it that's not going to be charged with malpractice in our political society? And so we've become a society so uncivilized. And, and this, is, this is a society of our choosing and our allowance. It is absurd in the levels of bad behavior that we tolerate. There is so much attention that's being focused on people who undervalue others on the basis of their ethnic origin, their skin color, their faith practices, their religion, their financial status, their level of education, their gender, and or their sex. And those are not the appropriate people to champion this country along. At the end of the day, the vile behavior, the indecency shouldn't be allowed. We shouldn't tolerate it. And we certainly shouldn't be consuming of it. My highest sensibility, folks, and my consciousness tells me that these people are not actually well. You know, we give physical exams for entry into the military. We require extensive training of these men and women to take on the tutelage and the security of our country and, and the possibility of going to war. We have extraneous standards on intelligence and test scores for the most elite schools in the country. And we are one of the most elite countries in the world. And we require a, a driver's license to, to simply drive a car because we know that lives are at stake every time someone gets behind the wheel of a car. 
Yet when it comes to seeking candidacy and political office, particularly the office of the president of the United States, apparently we're in a state where anything goes. I mean, anything that's crazy seems to go lately. And, and we allow that. And we are so powerful that we shouldn't. There is this unsavory quest, and it's a quest for drama, humiliation, anger, and emotional instability. And we seem to be people who just won't look away. It's as if there's a sign that says, don't feed the animals. And we're in the zoo ignoring that sign. The truth is, everything that I have ever seen at all the real zoos across the country that I have ever visited in my entire lifetime are far more tame. I am looking at the animal race and I'm saying I have great expectation of them because how I see them behave in the wild and even in captivity. I have watched elk and monkeys and boars and bears and eagles and raccoons, great felines and even murkrats show greater accountability for each other, a display of order a show of empathy and respect in their communities, even in captivity. I have watched a squirrel run back and forth across the street in what was obvious to me absolute despair because there was a dead squirrel in the street. And I don't see that type of behavior, that type of empathy, that type of despair about the human condition, about global warming, about war, about, about ethnic hatred coming from these people who are seeking the nomination to become the president of the United States. Imagine deciding that you won't subscribe. Imagine deleting a feed that comes through on social media. Imagine changing the channel and not giving the ratings that the machine allowing these to play require. These are reality shows. You can title them Anything Goes or The Amazing Disgrace. But this is what people are subscribing to and it's so unhealthy. And it's so unhealthy, it's so mind-altering that I'm afraid that some of the weaker minds among us may not come back. We can dictate the consequences of this gross dysfunction because that is the power that decent people hold. Imagine, somehow we have lost the notion of what our true power is and how to use it. And I get it. Our history is torrid and shameful in many ways, but we are not beyond repair and we need not go down the cesspool. We allow so much disgrace into our homes via television and we let hate, indecency, narcissism, bigotry, and lies dictate the daily conversations and be the entertainment in our workplaces, in our places of play, at the dinner table, and it's also what our children are seeing anytime they turn on the TV or log into a social media cha uh, channel. 
We seek this type of entertainment positioned as the road to the presidency versus knowing how it is that our children are doing, how it is that our elders are, are, are getting along. We don't know what innovation, what solutions, what readiness and service we can give to our employers and the needs of our communities because we are preoccupied with indecency and disgrace. We put all of these things that are important on a back burner to put indecency as the topic of conversation in our lives. And we can't continue to maintain and give attention to a circus and a zoo where something has obviously gone terribly wrong and human beings are behaving more like rabid animals. We give up on ourselves when we do this. We are worth so much more, more than the current antics and the disgraceful displays that we're ingesting. Yes, it is entertainment. And that means allowing something to enter your mental space. And in this case, to taint the level of decency, to interrupt your peace and mental well-being, and then take it lightly. That's entertainment. We shouldn't allow for that. This is not some horror film that we can just order up on pay for per view and decide to stop it at any given time. This is something that we shouldn't be ordering up and allowing a platform at all. We're, we're missing the message that this mess reveals. And what is that message? I believe that the message is that post-traumatic stress disorders, mental illness, sociopaths, narcissists, and the issue of abject aid, the absence of moral integrity, and sexism are to be acknowledged as real and divisive instruments and issues in modern day American society. It is overwhelming and it's likely to create a civil uprising if we don't get around it. We need leaders and mainly outside the halls of politics, but all within our social systems, teachers, doctors, social scientists, entertainers who have captive audience and a platform. We need those people within our social systems to swiftly and courageously administer care for the pathologies that are being reflected right now. We are seeing a grandstand of the most grave social epidemics of our time on display through the quest for the candidacy right now. And it is not what our children deserve. And it's certainly not what the future generations have ordered up. What we see is a reflection of the attention and the concentration of the unwell perpetuated and come to life in a few bodies. And there are great things that have happened because of a few bodies in society. 
the civil rights movement, the end of slavery, women's suffrage, the end of the Vietnam War. There are so many things in our American history that have been perpetuated and happily so by the few. But that faction of the few can also perpetuate great ill into our society if we allow it. I stand on the side of decency, the decency that created the civil rights movement, the decency that created women's suffrage, the decency that ended slavery. I stand on the right of decency and I say, exercise your power, American people. American citizen voter, exercise your power. We Americans are being tested and here's the test. We are being sent on a no-fail mission once these candidates are determined. And that is a no-fail mission that we need to execute no matter what side of the aisle we say we stand on. The question we have to answer today about November about January 2017 is how will we fare? What will our children's children tell of our decency when they speak to their history and their inheritance in the United States? What will they say of our resolve, our consciousness, and how we planned for them and how we decided to write and set right our social and political legacy. I am praying a hedge of protection, asking for courage, exercising decency, and having high moral accountability because I believe it is the way. I ask you to choose on that basis if you are well enough to do so. Namaste. Thank you for your decency, your listening, and you spending time in the life room. <laughs>